Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo <laughs> podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Miranda Sanchez, Hello. Brian Altano, What's up? and Zachary Ryan. Hey. What's going on, everyone? We're good. We're yeah. real Oops. good. Good week tonight, or this week? Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the best week of all time. For yes. a short sure. week, it has been a very hectic week, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, feeling good. Glad yeah. to be on the show. Yep. Me too. Yeah. yeah. We have a four-day week uh, this week at IGN, but there is a lot of stuff going on in the world of Nintendo, which we are very excited to talk about. Um, apparently, Switches are getting bricked. Uh, we have our number one 100th... Top 100 game. I thought you said we had exciting news to talk about. You're like, oh, your Switch is dying. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Exciting news. Switches are dying everywhere. I get PTSD from that, man. I don't want to hear all that. I was like, oh, God, not again. Yes. And uh, Pear is, or I'm sorry, Pear is out this week, uh, but we have Miranda here to talk about Detective Pikachu. I reviewed that. Yes. Hi, it's me. All right. Exactly. But before we get into all that stuff, let's talk about some cool new stuff that just came to Mario Odyssey. It looks like we got two new costumes, Mm -hmm. finally, and we kind of knew that some costumes were coming. We're on their way. Uh, and the new costumes are the Satella View and the Baseball Mario. So let's take a quick look at each of them. Let's bring up the Satella View here um, so we can take a yeah. closer look. Yeah. So very neat, very cool. You can obviously see the Famicom influence there happening, yeah. um, which it is which It is also nice. it looks like when a six year old tries to dress like an astronaut. Yeah. There's yeah. something really wonderful just about this. pins an etch a sketch to his chest. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a beekeeper's hat. Oh my gosh, you're right. The one yeah. thing that I really love about Mario Odyssey that's further proof in this Satella View costume is that they are not afraid to go like deep in their catalog mm-hmm. for Mario costumes. Satella View is a very niche audience, even for Nintendo fans. Yeah. And so it's really cool that they. Included this because it's like old dudes like you and me remember the Satella View from when it was out. Yeah, you and I covered the launch party for this. That's right. That's, <laughs> not, that's definitely not true. You guys were at the midnight launch. Imagine I think explaining I was like the Satella View to my thirty-year-old children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I think it's really cool that they include stuff like this for like old-school Nintendo fans as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. It's like a nice learning point too for people yeah. like me who didn't know what it was. Right. So. That's yeah. one of the special things about Nintendo is they have so many like uh, callbacks to just bring back and provide fan service with. So. Yeah. Let's bring up that baseball costume, too. I kind of want to see that as well. So, yeah, obviously baseball. Mario as a little baseball player, which is nice. I this is adorable. good because it's right in time for uh, opening day. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Exactly. I wonder, Get out there and do a good slugging. I wonder if that was timed on oh, Nintendo's part. I would assume so. Probably. I don't know anything about baseball, so I can't speak to that. Just know there's a lot of baseball fans around our office, and I don't like it. That's true. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, we're, lunch prices. we're right at the street from... <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, the giant stadium here in San Francisco and uh, yep. every year from uh, early April to September, October, depending on how well the Giants mm-hmm. do, uh, at least three times a week, we're guaranteed just a sea of people at every venue, restaurant, yeah. coffee shop. They uh, descend seasonally like locusts. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and none Drunk. of them are none of them are interested in Mario's baseball. No, costume. they're not. They don't I, care about I that like man this, whatsoever. Me too. If uh, our teams looked like Mario when they're playing baseball. I'd cheer for them a little bit more. That's Tune true. in. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure. like, oh, it's Mario playing baseball. I like the Giants Not. because they have Halloween colors. <laughs> that's true. true. <laughs> and that's uh, why we don't cover sports. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, well, those costumes are available now in, obviously, a free... It wasn't even an update. They just unlocked them. Yeah, they're yeah. just in the shop. They're free, right? Yeah, yeah. Or no, they're not... Well. They don't cost money. They cost coins. Coins, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're not too crazy expensive either. So if you have a couple thousand coins lying around, you could definitely grab those. I I recently dipped back into Super Mario Odyssey and... uh, Obviously, like still, I'm just loving that game so much. When I take the opportunity to jump back in and collect a few more uh, power moons and stuff, but I wasn't one to like. I'm not a completionist in the way that like I needed every single costume, right? Mm-hmm. But like you are, Andrew Goldfarb is. I was you know until I mean? my save file well, vanished, but that's true. Yeah. Oh. Well, 
had that not happened, is this the kind of thing that like would you <laughs> would you uh, is this the kind of thing that would bring you back to the game? To, oh like, yeah, grind for sure. more coins for to get those costumes just to say like, hey, I got them. Well, I, like on behalf of Mario, I'd feel like there's a little man in this world that doesn't have all his clothes that he needs, so I'm gonna go get get him that baseball. Being a father is going shopping. to be very expensive. For you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Mario, IGN yeah. has just concluded their top 100 games of all time, mm -hmm. and we have a number one. That's right. What's that number one game? Mario is missing. Yes. <laughs> Mario, no. Mario no. teaches typing. No. Yeah. Uh, every year, not every year, but every few years, we update our top 100 list to reflect the tastes of the current staff at IGN. Mm -hmm. um, and as people come and go and tastes change and stuff like that, different games kind of make their way onto the list and, and kind of move around in position and stuff like that. And uh, previously, our number one game was Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh -huh. Totally deserving. Uh, but this time around... Uh, the top honor goes to Super Mario World, which uh, one it's of my, my personal favorite. It's Mario my game. it's my favorite Mario game as yeah. well, and it it's uh, totally deserving of the number one spot. And yeah. I'm glad to see it there for at least the next few years. So if you're angry that we chose Super Mario World, just wait a few years; it might I, change. I have this weird I have this weird thing where I I was I was there when Mario three first came out. It was an event at my school. Getting a copy of that game, I think I've told the story on the show, Like my dad got me a stack of books right. for my birthday, and I went through all the books, and at the very bottom of the stack was Mario 3. I love that game. I adore it. Super Mario World is better. Yeah, <laughs> It's a better game. It's, like, there's it's just something, I think it's more accessible. Yeah. Um, it's also um, more challenging, and the fact that you can go back and replay levels and find alternate exits that mm -hmm. open up entire new worlds. Like You can run through that game in 10 and a half minutes. I've done it before. Mm -hmm. Or you can go back and get 96 gold stars which is basically 100%ing that game. And it's because like you swim under stages that you didn't think you could swim under, and you open right. up doors, and there's an entire hidden world in that game. Like, yeah, there's so much cool stuff. just delightful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And I think so, like the art's awesome. Some of those Music's secret uh, exits are like super challenging, where you mm -hmm. need to utilize like genuine skill to like fly across a level and then dip under something mm -hmm. at the exact right moment to get to an exit. And like, I just, it's just such a brilliant game. And I think it's totally deserving of yeah, our number one spot. So. I agree. And yep. it brought us Yoshi who you have, to, you have to kill Yay. to get to a lot of those exits. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to jump off his head peace. and let him die. Yeah. Rest in peace, Yoshi. Totally agree. Uh, well, another piece of Nintendo history is in the news as well. It looks like the Wii Shop channel has officially started uh, not accepting coins, mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, points anymore. So you're unable to buy points uh, on the Wii Shop, which is for the original Wii, not the Wii U. Um, and Nintendo had announced this before that they were closing it down. And the original date that it's actually being shut down is January 31st, 2019. So mm -hmm. if you have a bunch of points, you can still... <laughs> make those purchases but you can't add any more funds yeah so yeah so that's like it's like finding 10 bucks in your old like jacket or something like that pretty much yeah, yeah. Exactly. you still have money on your nintendo wii now's the time to buy i don't know what times to use it yeah use them and yeah. then just don't add anymore yeah i guess smart. friend of the show jared petty was tweeting about this the other yeah. night he was saying that he had read that it was not accepting points anymore, so he had, like, uh, gone and hooked up his Wii for the first time in several years and was, like, up until, like, 3 or 4 in the morning, like, adding points and buying games and That's stuff like that so just funny. to make sure that he had them. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I mean, it's it feels like a long time coming because, like, we've heard january 2019 for so long that the idea that points aren't accepted anymore is kind of like oh well that's sort of the beginning of the end yeah mm -hmm. and it's right. sort of an interesting move for nintendo specifically because uh in a way every sort of kind of ecosystem they've ever had on a console has been kind of timeless right like mm -hmm. you buy gamecube games they run on your gamecube nes super nes um they i i remember eventually like the dsi sh shop got shut down mm -hmm. or whatever access to that portal was or maybe that's still 
is that still accessible in some way? Like connecting I don't remember. to the store I on a DS? I haven't played or haven't tried to buy anything on my DSi in a very long time. I just use it to transfer Pokemon like right, myself. Right, trade. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that like, I don't know, this, there was this thing, this 100 million plus selling system that they have that had a store on it that we all bought things from that is now closing. Um, and it's, it's weird because it, it closes the door on the history of that and the accessibility of making that a legacy console forever. Yeah, totally. So you download what you need right now because you'll never get to do it again. Perhaps one day soon we'll find out about a new platform with which we can purchase those games yet again. What Ooh. if we could just give money to Nintendo for games that they've already made? <laughs> <laughs> if what only an insane was, thought. Again. If only there was a new console that could, you know, play these virtual <laughs> That could games, step in and fill that role. Yeah, some sort of like virtualized, like a way to sort of replicate right. old video game systems. Kind of like a virtual, like a con- like a virtual console. Yeah. 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 Huh, yeah. interesting like idea yeah. there. And putting it on Switch, you know, a system <laughs> that sells millions, I think. Oh, what, I mean, allowing probably, us to put our credit cards in there to purchase. You're crazy, Brian. That probably I don't way know. That, that's probably for, a way work. for Nintendo to just print money. So, anyway, yeah. feel free to laugh me out of the room. It sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Uh, in, other, in other news, Chicken Wiggle is uh, has a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Let's just get through it. Chicken Wiggle has a Kickstarter. <laughs> um, a Chickstarter. Yep, a Chickstarter. Oh. Thank you, Brian. And uh, they're almost... Almost fully funded. Their goal is at thirty, or their goal is for thirty thousand. They are currently, as of this recording, just under twenty-seven thousand. Now the Kickstarter ends on April fifth, and this is, of course, to bring Chicken Wiggle, the three DS game, over to Switch with a couple new like added features mm-hmm. that I think are really interesting. Um, so if you're a fan of that series, definitely, definitely make or sure Jules' you... work in general. You yeah, know, yeah, or just yeah. like work. mutant mud and yeah. Yeah, yeah I think for people that. that don't really know a lot about this game because it came so late in the three DS's life cycle and also. Uh, not to imply that it's yes, still alive. I, I knew. Excuse I, I you. And I was like, Miranda's got the laser beams right <laughs> yeah. in her face right now. This is like, what um, are you many of us had moved on to the Switch. Nothing wrong with we can that. Use both guys. Yes. I, I, okay. Oh, yes. Yes. The rest in peace. Nintendo 3DS. I'm just kidding. Um, Chicken Wiggle is basically a uh, platforming game, uh, sort of Mario Maker style, where you can create your own levels. Um, there was a pretty passionate community around it, and uh, people really dug it. It just came kind of late. And so giving it some new life on Switch, I think it would do really well over there, especially in lieu of not having Mario Maker on that system. Yeah. Because bringing all the stuff over to uh, the Nintendo Switch is apparently very difficult to do. So if you got a couple of bucks and you want to kick it down to this Kickstarter. Yep. Yeah. To help Chicken Wiggle make it to make its home on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It needs help yeah. hatching. Can we include Put your dollars the dollars on it took its worm. Can we include <laughs> the link to that Kickstarter in the episode notes? Yeah. For people that want to yeah. donate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sweet. It'll be in the description or the notes wherever you're watching right this. Right about here. Right Somewhere about. below. Yep. Yeah. You that got might. man, that's I I want I want a URL. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as we alluded to uh, earlier, Brian uh, did lose all of his saves. His his switch was unfortunately bricked. Mm -hmm. And now Nintendo has come forward and they've made a statement um, in regards to third party docks bricking switch consoles out there. Now, Nintendo's statement is exactly um, unlicensed products and accessories do not undergo Nintendo's testing and evaluation process. They might not work at all with our game systems and they could have compatibility problems with certain games. The Nintendo switch system itself and other licensed accessory peripherals. Now, that comes by way of Kotaku. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Nintendo publicly stated that they don't test these third-party accessories. Mm -hmm. Like, they they do not attain any responsibility for what you put inside of your Switch, essentially. But 
this kind of blew up a little bit. Uh, there were people that were inspired to sort of do do their own research and investigations, and a couple users from Reddit, um, in particular, in I'm going to say his name wrong, but it's uh, Intoxicus5 and Nathan K um, have sort of delved deeper into this subject and found out that the switch is not USB-C compliant and overdraws some USB PD power to uh, power supplies by 300%. Oh, yes. Now, that's not... That's not a, <laughs> yeah, can you put that into layman's terms? <laughs> because of, none of us are electrical engineers. Right. Exactly, yeah. In English, Egon. So none of this is, like, officially confirmed. Um, we don't know if Nathan Kay uh, is, like, you know, an electrical engineer himself, but he is sort of a respected guy yeah. uh, on the internet. Yeah. And to speak on, like, uh, on my own issue that happened specifically with the switch, which was I believe like I once or twice I got sent a third party dock. I used it for 10 minutes for a let's play for up at noon. I brought it back to my desk. I brought the switch home. I plugged it into my actual first party mm -hmm. dock and uh, blinking light started happening. So I was still able to charge it and play it in handheld mode, but it, but wouldn't, talk couldn't, to your TV. it wouldn't talk to my TV. Yeah. Um, so technically I could have just kept going forever, but with no cloud saves, eventually I had to pay the Reaper and, you know, right. send my switch into Nintendo. Uh, and then things got wiped. So, yeah, just be careful. I've seen, like, a lot of people in the NVC Facebook group, which you should join because it's awesome, uh, showing pictures of, like, third-party docs that they bought because they're on sale mm -hmm. and there's, like, you know, deals all the time. Avoid them. Like, I know the, the first-party doc is ugly. Let's be completely blunt. Like, it's a big, stupid block. Not yours. You have that cool Super Nintendo paint job on That's it. cool. That's a cool that's one, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that's cool as hell. You put stickers on yours and make it look beautiful. Do that with anything you own, really. <laughs> but specifically, the doc is not great looking, but it gets the job done, and it won't nuke your system. So just be mindful of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I think there's sort of a... I, I mean, personally, I feel like it's dramatic to say, but it's like I have this mentality of like, well, that won't happen to me. You know, like, that's fine. And it was really crazy to me that... that out of all the people in the office that it would happen to, that it happened to you. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like Nintendo coming out and explicitly saying like, hey, we don't test these third-party peripherals. It's totally on them if it like borks your Switch. Uh, that's a major deal because yeah, that right. essentially renders all third-party peripherals that are going to plug into that USB-C dock dangerous. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't trust those immediately. Like, I yeah. don't yeah. want any of that. And it's, it's wild because yep. you use a third-party dock at your desk. Uh, and well, actually, it's not. It's, it's not. A, I made that doc. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Ah, I meant to ask you about that so, because it's super cool. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> it's like this funny little stand, and it it was really funny because like after the story was kind of like being talked about in the office this morning, I'm looking over at your desk like, why is he still using that? <laughs> like, what is his deal? Like, no, I got rid of living the, on the edge over there. Yeah. No, no, no. What I, did you got an official one? Yeah. So what happened was I got the the base top uh, shell. They sell this like DIY mini dock kit, I guess. Yeah. Okay. It's really, really oh. cool. Yeah. But it involves you actually having to go out buy an official like dock, Nintendo yeah. dock. Yeah. Take it apart and then put it all the innards of it inside of this mini dock. God, it's it. really cool. So, yeah. It's it's a little bit of an invasive process, and you could potentially break the dock in the process. Um, but you know, if you if you know if you're a little savvy with technical hardware and right. stuff like mm -hmm. that, you could do it. It's not too bad. Be honest, did Tom Marks yeah. do it for you? But so we pay no. someone to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. So say, but, uh, <laughs> was it Tom? Did Tom build it for you? No, 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 right. no. I will also add that I've read uh, horror stories like mine that are actually worse because instead of sending the switches directly to Nintendo, they reached out to the third parties themselves and were like, "You bricked my system." And then now they're going through the channels that uh, do not really do switch returns in the same way. So uh -huh. it's you're handing it to somebody who's handing it to somebody who's handing it to somebody. Pretty sure that just ruins the warranty you had. With oh, yeah. Right yeah. Away. All of yeah. that gets dangerous. So the coolest thing about getting my Switch docked or, or, you know, my whole thing just getting bricked, basically, is that Nintendo 
accepted it and returned it to me within like four or five days. Yeah. So their customer service is awesome, oh. and I will maintain that. But I will also add on that. It is fantastic if you've ever had to call customer service. Uh, yeah. One time I was trying to fix uh, Wi-Fi issues with my old 3DS, 3DS XL, um, transferring to a new 2DS, and... I ended up figuring it out midway through the call when they were transferring me to another person, and so I just hung up. And the next day, somebody called me back and asked if I got my issue resolved. Oh my and god, wow. like, oh, okay. that's like unheard I was of. Like, what? Are no, you, they, are you yeah, kidding me? They're awesome. <laughs> What's the point? How many how many system transfers have you done from like from DSs to 3DSs to 3DSs to 2DSs back to the Pokemon 2DS to the Pikachu 3DS? I've only done one. Really? Yeah, I've only one is all you need. Transfers. I don't buy a lot of systems, so I had my original DS, then I got a DSi, then I had a 3DS. Um, XL, and now I have a 2DS. Is that so the? That's it. And is I that the the Pikachu between. one? Yeah. Okay, so, so you moved it to there. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good final place to it, live. I think I've yeah. done it twice. I had a 2D. I had a 3DS XL first, and then I did. I got the Monster Hunter 3DS, mm. and then I transferred from that one to the Majora's Mask 3DS. Got it. I did it twice, and I feel like it took like four hours. Every it takes, oh, it wow. takes forever, and yeah. it's like it's sometimes it'll just quit in the middle of your transfer, and you have oh, to geez. do it over, and so like, it's, yeah, it's bad. The, the Pikmin get tired. The one I did, it was really fast. Like, it took maybe 20 minutes, to uh -huh. oh, wow. and it was like very visible about like what processes were happening on like some times when you're downloading things, just like, how long is this going to take? Oh, uh, that's but awesome. But this one, I don't remember if it showed the time, estimated time, but it definitely showed like the progress and like what right. it was working on. So yeah. I felt mm -hmm. like it was very responsive and mm -hmm. good information. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a scary process because you have to have both systems plugged in and charging at the same yeah. time. And I don't know, I was That's afraid I was going to knock one out. And yeah, this. Yeah, but if you have uh, issues, definitely call Nintendo support because they're very kind and they are mm -hmm. helpful. One they, they, they will take care of you. Well, yeah, totally. Uh, one additional note too about the whole dock situation. Um, and I just want to make this very clear to you guys. This applies not just to docks, but to all power adapters themselves. Yep. So make sure you're only charging your Switch with the power adapter that it came with, the official Nintendo power adapter. Oh, I'm not doing that at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't I'm do totally that. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Yeah, Ooh. like is that's what you should I'll totally be using. just plug it into like an i like an iPhone so, plug. Oh, I don't do that. I have yeah. like a like a Rav like power brick and external. Oh, it, Rav. Yeah, Rav. Like so, um, all of those are are potentially they could overcharge your switch and cause it not to essentially gain I, the charge that it needs to. I read but this, if you like, overcharge your switch for a while, you could play PS4 games. On that's it. true. Yeah, <laughs> it, gets, it gets cool as hell. Yeah. It gets it gets to do the ultimate graphics. So. The, the story is like sort of developing we play right Odyssey now. on max settings <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know we'll we'll keep you guys updated as, as it gets uh, bigger and stuff like that so check back on IGN.com um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on over there. But Sorry. <laughs> Shake it Brian and I started drinking at about noon, so no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but say, wait, what? Where's yep. mine? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Oh, this, man. Next, this next story has got me very excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. really excited about this, too. So uh, recently, this past week, Nintendo has filed nine uh, trademarks for some games that they announced at uh, their previous Direct. And we know about a couple of these, or most of them, I'd say. So uh, they filed trademarks for Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers, Luigi's Mansion, Mario and Luigi, Metroid, Metroid Prime, Smash Brothers, not Super Smash Brothers, right. just Smash Brothers, okay. um, WarioWare, and then the last one, Wario Land, uh, which is pretty interesting because mm -hmm. we did not get a Wario Land sort of announcement for um or uh, during their last direct right? yeah yeah right but we did get that Wario uh WarioWare collection yeah yeah I'm so excited for that so dope yeah. so this awesome. obviously is this has to be a separate title mm -hmm. um something that we obviously haven't heard of before was not yet announced I mean and I it, would love to have we a could Wario. also be looking at like a Wario Land collection 
you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the idea that they're they're just trademarking Smash Brothers leads me to believe that the next Smash Brothers game will just be called Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there there are a couple... Or just Kirby. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Potentially. I'm Mm -hmm. down with that. Uh, there were a couple Wario Land games on the Game Boy, mm-hmm. the original one. They they're the, awesome. They're awesome, and yeah. they're the sequels to Mario Land. And there's also another one that was on the Virtual Boy that no one played that, weirdly enough, Jules, uh, who was working on the Chicken Wiggle Kickstarter, a couple years ago just tweeted out this thing like at Nintendo and was just kind of like, hey, like I colorized uh, Wario Land for uh, Virtual Boy, and here it is. And mm-hmm. it looked gorgeous. Because like, if you remember the Virtual Boy, which you it's shouldn't... red and black. Yeah. It's all red and black, and it made you blind. It's funny you say that, because they actually trademarked um, that game, but the Japanese version title for it, which is... I'm going to butcher this as well. Yeah. I was on No Heel. Um, I think you did Pronounced Garouk. Garouk. Yeah. Excuse me, yes. Um, but yeah, that was actually trademarked back in 2014, and they've just kind of been sitting on that. So there could be a potential link there. It'd be awesome to get that like WarioWare Virtual Boy game, because mm-hmm. that game was really good for anyone who did get a chance to play it. Right. What if um, we're, yeah, I mean, like, what if we're looking at a situation like uh, Samus Returns, where it's a game that was sort of, uh, I mean, extremely niche, and they've handed it off to somebody and said, like, hey, rebuild this game oh, for man. 3DS or something. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that idea. Because I think it's, like, one of those things where most people didn't try to go back to the original Game Boy, Samus mm-hmm. Returns, you know, yeah, or Metroid yeah, I mean, 2. Why, you know, so obtuse, why bother? yeah. Um, but there's something there's something in the core there that's awesome, and it's 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 great to bring it to a new audience. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. I also like the idea of a Wario Land collection. Me too. But. Yeah, make make it there's all. A, there's a few of those. What was the one on? Uh, what was the one on on NES? The the first Wario Land game. Wario. Or was it Super NES? I don't remember. Oh yeah, you're I right. Think, wasn't it Game Boy or something? There was there was there was Game Boy games, but I feel like wasn't there an NES or Super NES Wario? There was Land Game Boy Advance well? games. Let us know too. in the comments. Maybe it was, yeah. if you guys maybe it was Game, maybe I have I'm a Game Boy Advance. Thing called Google. Oh, the Finance? information oh, phone. Googling. Did you get one of those? <laughs> That's great. I don't have that. Yeah. Fancy. Um, <laughs> but it, regardless. Uh, I love Wario. He's I wanted such to. A, go, he's such a little turd. Okay. Yeah, really he's such a to weird fart uncle. Just, yeah. He's awful. And the gameplay all around. The gameplay of those games is so wildly different than what you get in like a typical Mario yeah. game yeah. too. So it's totally. so much more like puzzly, if that makes sense. Well, because mm-hmm. yeah. most of them, you, like you can't die, and it's not about death. It's about like uh, wearing a hat and mm-hmm. running through walls, or like becoming a zombie or something like that. And then, like you know, remember that company Treasure? Yeah, of course. Made one for GameCube. Um, and then there was another one for Wii called Wario Shake It. Like there's just yep. it's just a weird, it's a weird man. And they wow. they give him weird games, and I love them for that. Mm-hmm. Well, Nintendo, if you are making it, please please do us a favor and include Waluigi in this one in some way as a guest make character, it like an alternate <laughs> character, yeah, or Throw just some roses. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo the ladies a little bit. Yep. Um, another yeah. weird man. Yeah. yeah. Like just do the tuxedo mask thing, but yeah. Wario gets to be Sailor Moon. So. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so I know that we uh, we have not received any sort of announcements for Overwatch, or not Overwatch, excuse me, Fortnite coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not heard of that happening. Um, no official word yet at all. But we do have a Battle Royale game coming, or a game with a Battle Royale mode coming to Switch. It was only um, a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, it's obviously one of the hottest, biggest new genres in gaming, and everyone can't stop talking about games like PUBG and Fortnite. And one company, uh, one developer by the name of Black Riddle Studios is developing a game called Crazy Justice. Now, Crazy Justice is actually a crowdfunded um, game that started on fig.com, and it originally was 
uh, typically supposed to be a PS4 and Xbox game. And then, you know, once if they reached a certain tier in funding, right. then they would bring it to Switch. Mm. And then if they reached another tier, it would, they would add like a battle royale mode and all of that stuff. So they they like are way overfunded. They funded themselves like, I don't know, 200 percent or something like oh that. My God. So, nice. yeah, there's some gameplay right now. If you're watching the uh, video version of the podcast right now, you can see this is the actual battle royale mode in action. Um, and I think this is running on Switch as well. So, wow. Yeah, it looks pretty it looks, cool. It looks a lot like Fortnite. Like, yeah. Our, our art direction wise, it uh, looks a lot like Fortnite. Yeah, like Fortnite. Like the background, or I guess that was just the barrier, but the barrier, the women, the backgrounds look with it. Um, yeah, kind of totally. Sketched. I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm looks, getting like slight Borderlands vibes. Yeah, yeah. Borderlands yeah. Yeah. too. It also looks like it's running pretty choppy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's a little, um, yeah, it's a little ways out from release. It's, uh, I don't know. I, this is weird because it's like Fortnite clearly took a bunch of stuff from PUBG, so now people are okay. taking from Fortnite, so it's just sort of like robbing people to rob people to rob people, and I guess that's legal now. So A bunch of iterations on yeah. one thing. Variations yeah. on a theme. Yeah. Totally yeah. cool. Video um, games. Remember when there were a bunch of MOBAs and now there's only two? Yeah, what there's happened there? There's the <laughs> other few that matter too, but you know. Uh, if you are interested in Crazy Justice, though, uh, just know that it's not just a battle royale game. Like, there's also going to be a single player as well as like arena style multiplayer modes as well. Uh, and it's also a $15 game. So just go in with that sort of expectation. Mm -hmm. um, and the bit, big thing you have listed here is that it has crossplay. Yes, yes, it is going to have crossplay between Xbox, PC, and Switch. Sony is obviously not going to jump in on that mm -hmm. bandwagon. But um, yeah, the more I hear about crossplay happening, especially when it involves Switch, is just extremely exciting. Mm -hmm. like, I love the idea of that future, like that kind of a future in video games. I understand so. like the balance concerns for people playing on PC versus a console, um, just because of how those controls work differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But honestly, just having the ability to crossplay between any systems is so exciting. Like mm -hmm. crossplaying for like Sea of Thieves, for instance, it's just right. so nice because it just makes that player pool so much bigger. Yep. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I can play with my friends who don't have an Xbox yep. One or who don't have a PC. So. And it's also like, it's also Fortnite Mobile's doing something really interesting. And I, and I know that this is, uh, who did it before? Um, oh my God, why can't I think of the name? It's like one of the biggest games in the world, Rocket League. Mm -hmm. uh, Rocket League did it before as well, where you can toggle options to say, like, I only want to play against Switch players. I only yeah. want to play against, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, I want to play against everyone. Fortnite Mobile does, you know, like, I only want to be pulled up with mobile players. Mm -hmm. So I got my first ever Victory Royale. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, like, I think that's really interesting because if you are concerned about, oh, well, my skills on a controller are you know, not as good as somebody playing with mouse and keyboard in this game, like just toggle it off and play against your yeah. pals. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's a must, definitely. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Let's uh, let's bring the conversation closer to the <laughs> video games that we're going to talk about this week. Let's uh, let's talk about Detective Pikachu. Yay! Now that game came out last week, correct? Yes. So we're a little late on our uh, you know coverage for it here on NVC, but that's because we had a pretty big week last week as well. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Miranda, and what and uh, you played a little bit of it too. Yeah, I played the first uh, I don't know a couple hours. Yeah, I only got a chance to play the demo. I did not get. Does a the copy demo of the go game. through? the necklace case that's the first chapter yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so I guess I played through the first chapter then so but you basically played the demo with me <laughs> yeah. yeah okay cool so yeah let's I don't know what do you think about it tell us a little bit well, about it. what kind of game is it I give it an 8.2 so Detective Pikachu is an adventure game mm -hmm. and so what that means in this sense is that you're gonna do a lot of reading because it is essentially just kind of like more classic like you're looking through these environments to find clues to help you prove a case or like solve a case. Um, in a way, I kind of describe it like math. So even if you know, it's, it's weird to say, right? Um, yeah. So even if you know the answer, 
to your case, you have to prove it, right? And so you have to go through all the steps of finding the evidence and like proving every little thing to justify why you came to this conclusion. And which makes sense because if you're accusing someone of doing a crime, you got to have, you know, evidence. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, and it is such a charming game. Plus like, there's I all, love this so much. Plus there's all those moments where you have to use the Pythagorean theorem in this game. Yeah, of course, you know. Yeah. So um, you <laughs> memorize all your algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so what this is about is this kid named Tim goes to Rhyme City to find his father, who is a detective who has gone missing. He had been gone for six months, uh, missing for two months, and Tim runs into this Pikachu who can talk, but he can only, Tim is the only person who can hear him. So mm -hmm. Pikachu so just sounds like a Pikachu to everybody else. This is not the Pikachu, no. right? This is this a is Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Yeah, so it's a separate <laughs> character. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. It. Which got is it, got it. really interesting because like that was such a big thing for me. Is like this Pikachu has to like sell me on its character because Pikachu is so iconic. Obviously, like has this like charming, sweet, gentle personality, um, and Detective Pikachu is so far from that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's like really Pikachu, sassy. Detective Pikachu is like, yeah, he's very like kind of grumpus. Yeah, and he loves a drink of coffee it's and he cool. likes to hit on human women. It's oh, yeah, he flirts. He flirts with the ladies sometimes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's kind of weird because obviously they don't understand him. <laughs> and so, like, at least for like really weird moments. Uh -huh. um, but that's not something that's ever too present or takes away from his mm -hmm. character, mm -hmm. which I really appreciate. It's like it was more for just like goofs. And then like once it's like, okay, that's that's a little weird, but I don't want to spoil it because it's you'll know it when you get to there. But in the um, game, you <laughs> you'll know it because you'll feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Pikachu, what are you doing? You play then, as uh, Tim, right? Yes. Yeah, so you are Tim. You're the yeah. kid that's looking for his father. And then in the scene that if you're watching the video, um, this is when you first meet Detective Pikachu is um, kind of an a palms on your face. And then, then you're like talking to somebody and it's like, oh, it's a Pikachu talking. What the heck? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so together you go through all these cases to find out what happened to Tim's father. Mm. And through them, um, nine chapters, I believe, like you meet a lot of other people who kind of help you come to these conclusions and kind of act as your tools as opposed to having a Pokedex or any sort of technology. Um, Detective Pikachu and Tim rely on other people for information and Pokemon. Uh, so one thing that I really liked about this is that since Detective Pikachu is a Pikachu, can talk to Pokemon mm -hmm. and you can learn like way more about Pokemon than I knew before. And in the context specifically of them being partners with people, uh, because like a lot of games when it just oh. stars Pokemon, you just get this different sort of feel from them and their, their personalities are shaped by that outdoors environment or that adventure world. Right, there's sort and of a disconnect. Yeah, yeah, but then in this situation, we get a perspective that you just don't see because very like outside of Meowth, like there's not a lot of insight into like how Pokemon are actually feeling or reacting to their trainers. So in this, in this very early thing, you go um, and talk to, I forget which Pokemon, uh, early on you talk to this one Pokemon and it's distressed. And you think it's because of uh, the apom that have just like caused a ruckus, but it's actually because it has to eat berries later that it does not want to eat. And <laughs> it's like healthy for it. And his trainer is like doing it every week. That's the, uh, the oh. what's it called? Fru, fru, fru? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, fru, fru. Yeah. And you see that early on, you're like, oh, that's not what I expected at all. Um, and there's just like so many moments in this that are uniquely Pokemon that kind of help you solve these cases or involve like the solution of these cases, which make it just so fun. And like I just really loved learning more about Pokemon in this very unique way because a lot of times for Pokemon games, it's either an action game, um, you know, it's a typical big RPG, sure, like a yeah. puzzle game. It's like something different. But this is just all about that story and about learning about the world of Pokemon. Yeah, it's so cool. So are I, you are you playing through the game like 
in a completely linear fashion. Yes. Yeah. So like it's not an open world where you can like run around. There's like some places where you can adventure. Like there will be like three parts places. So in this first area, it's like a big park, right? Right. Uh, so then you find like the first clues that lead you to the park. And then you have three parts of the park to investigate. And some of those places get immensely bigger. And that kind of makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, but I think, Zach, you had a question. Mm-mm. Okay. So yes. I heard, I heard a... Uh, you you don't think this is very hard? I think this is a child's game for it, babbies. It's uh, <laughs> it is essentially so. That's the big thing on this. This game is not difficult. Not at and all. It's not supposed yeah. to. So uh, yeah, I played. You know, like I said, I played the opening chapter, and honestly, like gameplay wise, I, I bored me to tears. Like so, I think it's like so super boring. But the thing that I really did like about it is. Um, the the characterization is really great, and mm-hmm. the way that it shows Pokemon just out in the world, I really loved. Um, like the, who are the little guys that drop down from the trees? Oh, uh, I forget their names. Yeah, but, yeah. but th- there's just these moments where it's like you're looking for clues to solve this case, and somebody tells you like, "Oh, well, these dudes that live in the trees might have seen it," and then you like shake the trees, and these little guys drop out of it, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, you forget." Like in the world of Pokemon, because in the in the core games, when you the way you encounter Pokemon is in battle in a field or something, Mm -hmm. or they're just there on the screen as an icon that you can talk to. But here it's like they're everywhere and they serve a bunch of different purposes. And like there's in the first chapter, there's a Pokemon that is like a waitress that comes out and serves you coffee. And like it's just like for a Pokemon fan, like I'm not a huge Pokemon fan. I play each of the games one sided, you know, like I'll play moon versus sun and then Mm -hmm. play through it and call it a day. Uh, once I become king of gyms, but um, uh, for a Pokemon fan like Miranda or you know like uh, uh, Casey or somebody like this, must be such a cool way to experience this world. Yeah. It's totally. so different, and and the cutscene stuff. Like I, it's funny because of all Nintendo properties, I was like, why would you do a Detective Pikachu movie? Like that just does not make sense to me. I played one chapter of this game and I was like, I would definitely walk, watch a Detective Pikachu <laughs> yeah. movie. Like, this awesome. is so really fun. You after know? seeing some of the trailers for this too that are live action, yeah. I'm like so much more excited for Detective Pikachu. Although I'm just like, if you guys do this certain style that they did this trailer in, then I think it'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so kind of going on the whole thing about difficulty, like it's very telling that it's not going to be super challenging if you know languages, which is kind of a weird thing to say. So when you're picking your language, it says English first, and then the next one is Japanese, but specifically in hiragana. Mm-hmm. So hiragana only, which indicates that it's meant for younger players. Oh, And then you can also pick one that uses kanji. So it's like two different ways. Oh, neat. Yeah, so like because I study Japanese, like that's like a telling thing for me that it's like, hey, this is geared toward younger players and being accessible for that. But even with that said, I do appreciate that the cases going forward aren't toned down because of that or like the subject matter like the places it goes with this are are kind of surprising yeah you saw those like, crazy oh, sex oh. Sex. <laughs> yeah, do, you of think course. The, do you think you're noticing that because you're an adult and you're bringing in like adult sensibilities and like it might be over a kid's head like in in like when you're watching a pixar movie there's like two different audiences sometimes laughing yeah. at different jokes mm-hmm. yeah like there's a little bit of that here and there for sure. And like just some of the things that they tackle, considering like the world of Pokemon, like what the overarching case is and like some of it, it's just not what I would have suspected them to do. Right. Uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, and there are parts when it can be more difficult, but it doesn't penalize you if you get that wrong or if you do or if you mess up in some sort of way. So basically if you accomplish these more difficult things later on, like there's one point where I actually had to pull out a pen and paper and do math. For like twenty minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, because like I kept getting it wrong, so I would just restart the scene. X equals opposite like, b plus or minus <laughs> square root. Yeah, exactly. Um, so actual math, and uh, and I just basically got a scene from it, but 
like that optional thing was so cool. Yeah. And I wouldn't have gotten if I would have gotten that thing right. I think it's interesting that so cool. there's like layers yeah. of interstitial stuff that it mm -hmm. does that's really cool. Like at any given time, you can talk to Detective Pikachu. There's an icon on your lower Called screen. Pika prompt. Yeah, that you can tap. Like so during during conversations, he'll be like, hey, Tim. And then you, you can tap on it and he'll be like, did you hear that? This person just said this. Keep that in mind. And so it's like a nice tip for like a younger player or somebody that like to have them register that. But then also there's specific times like in the first chapter, there's a kid playing um, soccer with his Pokemon and if you are walking past him and you tap Detective Pikachu it'll show you a brief cutscene where like the ball comes over to Detective Pikachu and he's like what the heck's going on here and like kicks it out of the way and it's just like it's just a nice little touch that didn't have to be there right but it totally personalizes that character so much more no that rules yeah and so like those that. are actually the collectibles that you get with the amiibo too so after you pass a chapter and if you use your amiibo it'll unlock randomly a scene that you did not unlock while you're playing cool so you can pretty much tap pikachu at any time and he'll just say something so sometimes he'll give you coffee tips mm -hmm. because detective pikachu is like super about coffee and one of them is really cute he's just kind of like don't waste like don't throw away coffee grounds because you can use them for other things like don't be wasteful and it's just like really weird one-off things. Well, yeah, it's like, oh, make sure you use good water when brewing coffee because that changes the quality. I'm just like, what? That's and, a, uh, that's great facts for children. Children love coffee. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's for the I future thought. baristas out they need, there. They need to know these things. So the amiibo in general, it's sitting on our desk right now. If you're watching our show, um, is for no <laughs> explanation whatsoever, massively oversized compared to a regular amiibo. Uh, and I Here, feel let's like do a close up. Yeah, no, it's like they. They didn't. I didn't know when I saw the Detective Pikachu amiibo. I don't know how like closely you tracked any of the actual details on it. Mm -hmm. But when I saw pictures of it, I was like, "Oh, cool, another amiibo." And then this thing shows up, and it is just massive. Weighs like, over five pounds. I won't say <laughs> unnecessarily because I'm very proud of this big boy. It's actually so cool. <laughs> like the detail. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. The details on his hat and stuff too are just like really great. It's yeah, really cool. And he's standing on he's standing on a, a sort of like Google Maps of of <laughs> the coffee shops that he goes to and. He looks kind of like Godzilla stomping out of city. <laughs> I really dig it. Um, yeah. And it's cool because it sort of reiterates this this message that Nintendo has been sort of sending that Amiibo doesn't actually mean anything in terms of a style guide. Sometimes it's cereal. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's, you know, like a giant plush. A giant yeah. plush. Yeah. Like it can be any, it's cards, you know, it's any number of things. So this is really cool. I hope we see more giant Amiibo like this. Mm -hmm. Like this yeah. is great. Yeah. And uh, overall, just like the characterization and just getting to know Detective Pikachu was such a delight. Like I, don't even joke that he's like one of my favorite Pikachu now. Mm -hmm. It's like weird because there's a list of Pikachu I have. I think just like I, just but from what I played, he's got to yeah. be like for sure the best and part of the game. For right? sure, like the first chapter is very handholdy, uh -huh. and then as you go on, it lets you kind of explore a bit more without him like overbearingly say you should go talk to that person, go do this right now, right? Or like you can only do these things. Um, it does get a little bit more open, so you have room to mess up. Um, that being said, sometimes there are parts that you have to revisit and I did get stuck on some of those. Like it only happened twice in the many, many cases I solved. So that was a little bit of an irritating thing because no. um, it's not always obvious, but. Did they talk at all about like maybe adding additional cases down the line or is this story, is this, is it? Not that shot? I know of, but I, th if they wanted to do an additional game, they probably could. Mm. Like they totally could. Like there's room oh, cool. for more if they okay. wanted to do something. And I really hope they do because I think this is just such a great way to learn more about Pokemon. So I want I want more Pokemon games where they have like human jobs, like you know, Dr. Jigglypuff <laughs> or something like Dr. that. Jigglypuff. So there's also um just a shout out for this. There's Into a Scyther. prologue story. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Uh so there's a, there's a uh, prologue. Well, there's Dr. Mario. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not a Pokemon, but um, prologue story about Detective Pikachu available now on Kindle. And I think that Apple Books, whatever it is, right. um, just kind of for free. If you just want to read about Detective Pikachu, yeah. it's obviously a kid's book, but it's really cute. It's about that's, Eevee. That's adorable. So if you're a Pokemon fan and you're, but you're like Zach or I, um, or maybe Brian too, like where you play the games, but you're not as invested in all the cutscenes in the story, would you say that this is still the right game to pick up, mm. or is this more toward more for like Pokemon fans who really like the lore of the series? I think if you like Pikachu, if you like adventure games then yes, pick it up. But don't go into this thinking it's going to be the hardest thing in the world. It's not going to be like Grim Fandango level of puzzles. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like you're just talking to some people and yeah. putting two and two together and then having a good time. Sometimes you need that, like yeah. like some light reading. I remember when I was a little kid, I used to read like Encyclopedia Brown books, and they're mm -hmm. also I think there was like the the girl version was like Nancy Drew, and you knew within ten minutes you're like, oh, I know the dude that did this crime, and you just kept reading it anyway because you're like, oh, that's it. I like to see how it played out. Yeah, you know? and that's kind of it. And then also there are sometimes like certain cases have surprises that's just like, oh, I didn't expect this thing to happen, right. and that's awesome. And so I think getting through it is definitely worth it mm -hmm. if. You're interested in this kind of thing. Yeah, and you get that cool talking electric rat, yeah. his hat, and his friends <laughs> together at last. Very cool. Uh, well, we got a lot more games to talk about. We're going to uh, pick it up with our pick of the week this week, and that's Outlast 2 for uh, Nintendo Switch. Why do you guys keep picking like scary things when I, I come on? I'm a We're huge, trying to scare all the kids yeah, out there. I'm a Let's huge horror fan, so I mean, this, <laughs> this one was a no-brainer for me. Uh, it was a little bit of a kind of a weird, quiet week on the eShop, but I mean, Outlast 2 is a massive game, so that's finally out. The Outlast 1 came out about a month ago now. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, you know, if you're a huge Outlast fan or if you're just a horror games uh, fan in general, this game is now available on Switch and I've been playing a ton of it. It's it's okay. Um, I like the first Outlast better than Outlast 2. I, Interesting. Yeah. I think that's been the general consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People mm. play. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just had like pretty high expectations coming out of Outlast 1, mm. you know, for Outlast 2, especially with like the whole vibe. Because right now, or Outlast 2, uh, instead of taking place inside of like an in asylum or an institution the majority of the game takes place like on a farm um in this sort of like oh. rural area oh. curses yeah so um Jeepers, like that down, Malkowitz, we're gonna have to censor that <laughs> but um yeah it's cool like you know having these types of you know this series come to switch is pretty cool yeah like, mm -hmm. it's it's fun having horror games like this that look beautiful and are scary and truly scary like yeah they're running really well which yeah is pretty it's, awesome it's nice because this is the kind of thing that you would not have seen on a nintendo console in the wii and wii totally yeah, yeah. You know I wouldn't like, have there's no way that a there. game where a man drops an literally -bomb. yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. drops an f-bomb and then gets a pickaxe to the groin would ever make it onto the the nintendo wii that's true yeah. that's true yep there was although, actually although there, the wii had a great silent hill game that's true it's not, uh, shattered memories that's right yeah mm -hmm. yeah well um that's that's available now. I think it's thirty nine ninety nine. Sounds 99. right. $40,000. I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, but definitely check it out. It's available on the eShop. But back by popular demand, because you guys enjoyed it so much the last time we did it, uh, we, we have a pick of the week, and now we have a skip of the week every week uh, here on NVC. And this week's skip of the week is a game called No Thing. No Thing. Yes. Yeah. It's called No Thing, like N-O Thing. I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It's it's a really kind of a weird, interesting like a, game. A little hard to describe. We have it on the uh, monitor right now if you're watching the video. It's like a racing 
It's a runner game. Yeah, it's a runner, it's like an endless, an endless runner, mm-hmm. kind of. But I mean, there's you just repeat this track over and over again, and literally to move as you're if you're watching, you just click the left or right shoulder buttons. What? Like so, right. it gets faster and faster. So you have to click left or right, you know, in the appropriate time. And like, like there's that. some there's some skill in the fact that like you'll take a turn too tight and you'll you'll be right on the edge, and so you have to wait until the very last minute on the next turn. But this pixelization means that it's getting faster. And there, you can see that there's like bumps in the track so that it'll let you skip parts of it. But uh, uh, as far as I can tell, that's the entire game. Yeah, that's essentially That's the it. whole thing. You yeah. totally just summarized And there's like this it. weird floating head of Ben Franklin in the, like, who? what's that about? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, it's totally Ben Franklin and yeah. the ghost. There's like a little bit of a story here. And the game has like what Zach was saying. It has some interesting mechanics, like those little um, bumps on the road that appear up sometimes. They allow you to jump, which allows you to like skip to like a, you know, different platform in the game, mm-hmm. which is cool. But like that's the whole game. This like, is it. That's it. Yeah. There's no there's no more to it. Um, so it's it's a little unfortunate. It's on the cheaper side. It's like a dollar ninety nine, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of game that, and I was telling Zach before we started recording, it's the kind of game that you would like download on your phone and then play it once and then forget about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Just never play it again. Yeah. Like it has its moment where it's like, oh, this could be good, but it's not even, well, yeah. in my opinion, worth. I was sitting at Philip's desk playing it earlier today, and like I couldn't stop playing it. Like I played it for like ten minutes, and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm getting better at this. But as soon as I put the switch down to go to a meeting, I was like. That game just uh, that game just got erased from my memory yeah, entirely. Yeah, yeah. Like, Did you, were you able to read all the text on the bottom while you're playing? Uh, no. That seemed to be kind not. of important. Really? No, yeah. I did, didn't even register. There's some possible accusations of murder. Oh, what? I see. Person was like, I know what you did. Was it Ben and Franklin? He knows too. Yeah, <laughs> just like what is happening? We got to send Detective Pikachu into that game and figure out those crimes who <laughs> murdered the ghost of Ben Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> real, this is a real Pikachu. mashup. You got yeah. a real mashup going. Well, yes, no, well, no thanks, no thing. Yeah, <laughs> we, we are not playing you. So, That's a bummer. Trailblazers is a game that was announced a couple weeks ago or a month ago now. Actually, it's been a little while. Uh, Trailblazers is coming to Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. uh, alongside PS4 and Xbox and PC. But we are really interested in this game. I'm interested in this game because it's sort of like a blending of Splatoon meets um, Fast RMX, essentially, mm-hmm. which is really really interesting. I've never seen something like this done in a video or in a racing game before. Mm-hmm. So essentially what your car does, you play you play in teams. Uh, so you have teams just like Splatoon um, and you have a color. Like right now, if you're watching the video podcast, uh, our team's color here is yellow and the other team's color is like red or blue or something like that. And so you lay down what looks like digital ink on the track. And if you drive over your own colored ink that you lay down, it gives you a speed boost, kind of like oh. what happens in games like Fast RMX when you go over those like fast tiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also uh, obviously sabotage your you know opponents by you know clearing up the track with your own ink, you know, covering up their ink. It's pretty cool. It has some really uh, fun features. Like there's going to be online play as well, of course. There's also split screen co-op, so local co-op play on Switch. Mm. Uh, there's a story mode too for the you know single player fans out there. But a lot of this game, I feel like, is going to be just its multiplayer mm-hmm. uh, fan base. And it seems like it it actually has some potential there to become. Um, a fun racer on Switch. I mean, nothing like Mario Kart, of course. But sure, it's got it's using mechanics that I definitely think are worth looking at. So yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, especially yeah. in lieu of an actual F Zero game or anything like that. This yeah. is this might hold us over. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So another game that Brian and I have been playing a little bit uh, is called Earthlock. Yeah, this one came out a couple weeks ago, and we kind of slept on it, and which is odd because it is like one of the biggest 
kind of smaller games to launch on the eShop in a while. It's a very sort of Final Fantasy, I know. The <laughs> biggest smaller. The big small yeah. game. Um, it's a sort of uh, Final Fantasy VII style RPG. It's fully 3D. It feels like something you would have gotten. Are you gotten. playing as a small cat man? Uh, this yep. is the overworld map here. And so, yeah, he's a small piglet dude. <gasps> And he uh, he eats truffles out of the trash like a weird man. And then you can switch into a boy and a girl. And uh, so basically, this is a full 3D RPG. It's got like a full uh, RPG combat system. There's dungeons. There's like leveling up. There's weapons you can find. Um, and I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this game. I think it came to yeah, it's great. Look at that pigman. I think it came to uh, PC and was kind of okay, and they added a whole bunch of stuff to it and made sort of a more definitive version, and that's the version you're getting here on Switch. So I really dig this game. Um, I was kind of looking for something kind of grindy and uh, and RPG-like on, on my Switch, and nothing was really scratching the itch. Like, I Am Setsuna kind of bored me, and then um, the new... What's the new game? Lost Sphere. Yeah, Lost Sphere was kind of overwhelming in terms of the amount of systems in that game. And this is much more simple. It feels much more traditional RPG. Um, it's not necessarily a JRPG, although it's definitely inspired by a lot of those tendencies. It looks so. a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's got a very JRPG vibe. So, you know, if you're right looking here. for something kind of big to play, maybe you crush through uh, some of the more bigger first-party Nintendo games. Um, check this one out. It's really cool. Mm. Yeah. I like that tree, man. Yeah. yeah. And you can beat up the trees and be the pig. His mustache is his arm. Be it's, the it's weird. <laughs> I've been waiting for a while, it feels like, to talk about this next game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. we've we've had it for a little while now. Um, it's... It's the like review embargo is still there, but we can kind of give our thoughts and opinions sure. on it. We can show it. Um, but Bomb Slinger is another game that's coming out on April 11th uh, for Nintendo Switch, and it's this roguelike uh, game that has Bomberman gameplay mechanics to it. Yes. It's like a hybrid, so it's very very cool. And when I first Ooh. started playing it, I didn't know it was a roguelike. I thought it was just a Bomberman style adventure game essentially. It's kind of like the bombing of Isaac. The bombing of Isaac is what I would yes. call it. <laughs> perfect way to put it. Yeah, so I played this game and I was really into it because the music's great and it's sort of this like uh, like farmer, this old farmer that goes on this on this adventure to blow up a bunch of bad guys that have taken over his farmland. Um, and then I got to the second boss and I died and it made me start all the way over and I, I went to talk to Philip and I'm like dude, I was really into this game and then I died and it made me start from the beginning and you were like yeah, it's a, it's a roguelike. You got to do it all over again, but you get new things unlocked and you can add new inventory slots and you can open up new powers. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm going to replay this a bunch of times. And I've been doing that. And it's been this really sort of fun game. Like I love games on Switch that I can just kind of like pop open and play for 20 minutes and then put away. Um, and the animation in this game is cool. The art's really fun. The uh, enemy types start to get really interesting and really challenging. And it's kind of this like weird mix of like voxels and pixel art. Neat. And yeah, yeah I, 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 I dig yeah. it. I really dig it. It's like it's doing some special things while taking some kind of tropes that we've seen from other roguelikes and then mm -hmm. adding Bomberman gameplay. And I dig it. And I think there's there's a multiplayer mode too, which I haven't tried yet. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should try that. Yeah, we should time. play that. Yeah. I like that you're just blowing up what appears to be an old man in his underwear carrying a pitchfork. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think you're blowing up your own cornfields and there's like <laughs> stores that in the that you can go into in the game that like let you buy guns and items and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. Keep an eye on this one. Oh, you blew up the dog. <gasps> no. 
No, you'll see too. It does some really cool things, like what Brian was saying. Uh, when you go into stores, it changes perspective, which you'll see right now. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. Yeah, and there's this creepy shopkeeper keeper guy, and he's like, he's got like a bad Mario. smirk going. Yeah, yeah. No, this is really interesting. Yeah, I dig it a lot. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely unique while still being pretty familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the 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 main core gameplay mechanic is bombs, but you do get these power ups that like give you guns mm -hmm. and like lightning powers and stuff like that. And there's Here's like a, drunk redneck bosses that try to kill you with uh, alcohol. <laughs> and tornadoes and yeah. you fight a goat. The, yeah. wow. you know. the actual like combat mechanic itself is really interesting because like I imagine you have to get there's an equal amount of like skill and luck involved because you have to get the timing of the bombs down. Yep. And then you have to assume like you you know when an enemy will be at a specific spot. Yeah, yeah. It's that plus sort of multiplied by the push and pull of deciding which weapons and items you want to use. Like right. uh, in the video here, we saw the the character is kicking a bomb across the screen, but you can also level up the like the distance damage that your bomb does. So instead Got of him. getting, you know, you can be really far from them, right. you can get up close and mm. you know. So there's a lot of a lot of variables and uh Unlock winning more and playing more and unlocking more slots lets you just become more and more badass. So it, it has, cool. yeah, it so has that's really neat. It yeah. has pretty much like every power up that you find in your typical Bomberman totally, game, totally. But it also has some really crazy ones that you would have never thought, like of. a shotgun, <laughs> yeah, like a shotgun, exactly. <laughs> that that um, makes sense not to see that in Bomberman, yeah, definitely, so. definitely. Yeah. And you can get band aids to put on that boy's legs yeah. or whatever, yeah. Keep Weird. your keep your eyes on this one, guys. If you like roguelike mm -hmm. games, if you like games like The Binding of Isaac, um, that style is just so appealing, yeah, yeah. it's really. Really cool. Yeah, really cool game. Um, you've been playing a little bit of a game called Membrane. Yeah, yeah, so this is another one that came out a couple weeks ago. I've been meaning to talk about it. Haven't really had a chance. I don't know if we have footage of it. Um, I don't remember okay. if I added it. Uh, so Membrane is a basically side-scrolling action platforming game that takes place inside of a man's brain after he gets... There we go. Yeah. After he gets stung by a mosquito. Whoa. This entire game is surreal looking. Like It Whoa. looks like it's made in MS Paint. Um, <laughs> and the real hook here is that your character, who's like this little yellow guy with the pointy nose, um, kind of. I'll, I'll be blunt. It, it's he kind of poops blood to make towers, <laughs> <laughs> and then he shoots things. So you build contraptions uh, and kind of solve environmental puzzles. Holy and cow! This is so psychedelic. It's really psychedelic. It's really interesting. It's made by a small team. It's been in the shop for a while. Uh, if you're interested in it at all, go grab it. Um, check out some screens. Check out some videos. Maybe see if you can look up some gameplay. Uh, it's really cool. It's sort of like. Um, Beavis and Butthead meets Super Mario. Like, it's just got a lot going on for it. And again, like, the entire game looks like it's made in MS Paint. So it's just special. It's different than, yeah, you I'm know. Very into that. Yeah, it looks it's, really cool. It's super cool. So give that a look. Yeah, I'm excited to check that out. All right. All right. So, time for question block, our weekly question block or our weekly question show with the audience. And thank you very much, Michael M., for sending us your question via our email, nvc at ign.com, just like you can every week if you want to get in touch with us and you've, if you have any questions you'd like to send us. Um, actually, this one's from Brenton B. Excuse me. Uh, he says, hey, NVC crew, this is Brenton from Dallas, and I want to know something. Sea of Thieves is out, and watching the Let's Plays and whatnot has got me thinking something. What if Nintendo did something like this, but in the Wind Waker world? Would you want it? If so, why? Mm. So he's asking, like, would we want, like, a Sea of Thieves-style game with, like, a Wind Like a in the multiplayer piratey game in the Wind Waker world? Yes. If I could run around with my car, I'd be a very yeah. happy lady. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, I know, when I play Sea of Thieves, I keep thinking of Wind Waker because of all the sailing. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. Like, maybe the antagonistic attitude of St Sea of Thieves and kind of just, like, that really ag aggression, I don't feel like would match super well with that. 
I think yeah, it's a really good point. I kind of yeah. like I have an uh, inkling that, that I maybe disagree because I think the idea of like sailing the high seas as Tetra and her pirates and taking down your friends that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that that I think the biggest gripe right now with Sea of Thieves is that it's just like not a ton to do. Right. Right. And it's really repetitive. Yeah. You and given few things. Given that Wind Waker, like when you boil it down, like that game, that map is actually pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um and so obviously like it'd have to be retooled, but the, I think that that if you could do things like find hidden dungeons that have loot, you know, like gen- randomly generated stuff. Right. Or like um, I think what you guys are really asking for, and and what Brenton's asking for, is a third, like a three D Triforce Heroes or a three D yeah, yeah. Four Swords Adventures, which right. had the Wind Waker art styles and some There's sensibilities. No yeah, but without like all of the looting and plundering. Although there was some, like you do fight over treasures and loot inside the dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, multiplayer Zelda is something we haven't really gotten enough of, regardless, right? Like period. And yeah. I would love to see them explore that. I think that like. It's weird because like Sea of Thieves exists, so you can just play that, and it's it's a lot of role playing is in that game. So just pretend you're Link, you know. <laughs> there you go. Um, but in terms of like, I I just want more Wind Waker, honestly, because yeah. I yeah. love that uh, that art style. I mean, you gushed about it last week. It's just one of my favorite games of all time. It's just a wonderful, wonderful game. Um, and revisiting that with some multiplayer aspects would be really cool. But I don't know if I necessarily want a direct copy of Sea of Thieves. Right. I think it'd be challenging too because the sailing of Wind Waker is so simplistic in that like you're guiding the wind and like yep. doing that way. Whereas Sea of Thieves is a lot more intricate of like working with a crew to make sure things work. Like there's yeah. no like magical element to that. Um, and like how you would apply that to a Wind Waker world. Obviously not everyone would be able to control the wind because that would be real bad. But um, <laughs> there's a lot more variables in your ship. Just, yeah, I know that'd be nuts. Yeah, there's a lot so, more variables with your ship in Sea of Thieves, right? Like you're right. raising your your massive. Yeah, I'm sure Brenton's not asking for a one to one. Right. Yeah. But that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, and I think there, there's interesting things that could happen there for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think if we just got more Wind Waker things, that'd be cool too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Well, uh, that's our show this week. Thank you very much for watching, listening. We're a weekly show on IGN.com, but you can also catch us on YouTube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat or any of your favorite podcasting listening services. I believe we're on Spotify as well. Yeah, we are. Yeah. That was weird for Which me crazy. when I saw that NBC was on Spotify. I know, like yeah. every episode, uh-huh. yeah. except for that one. Yeah, that one that we must never talk about again. But hopefully you can catch the video podcast. Definitely watch us on IGN.com or YouTube. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the video, so if you can, check that out. Um, But uh, yeah, so Miranda, are you working on anything cool this week before we go? Mm, I worked on the Sea of Thieves wiki this morning. Nice. That's a thing. Um, Max working on breaking that I worked on kicking that water Um, bottle over. I'm also going to PAX next week, so if you're at PAX East, let me know. That's my first PAX ever. Oh, Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. PAX is so cool. You're going to have a great time. You're going to love it. Yeah. Make sure you're following Miranda on Twitter if you want to get all her PAX updates. Yeah. You can do that at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K. Are you doing panels or anything like that? Yes. We have an IGM panel. I think we're talking about PlayStation 4 games. Sweet. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you got anything coming out? Bloodborne wins, right? Whatever you're talking about, Bloodborne wins. I'm not saying anything. Okay. He's <laughs> got those little skull guys. <laughs> oh, I do love the messengers. They're great. They're my good babies. You get them little hats. I do love them. <laughs> yeah, they're awful. <laughs> um, I did a bunch of Far Cry stuff this week. I did a sort of an action movie for IGN Stories, which is a new platform we just launched. You can also find that on Instagram. Um, I interviewed Dan Hay, who's the creator, uh, the executive producer of the Far Cry series, mm-hmm. um, and talked about Far Cry 5 and basically how that game came together and how it balances all the things it's trying to attempt. That's on Facebook. 
It's our show called Expert Mode. And what else did I do this is week? Is it only on Facebook? Or is it's it on only on Facebook. Is right. it not on IGN.com? It is right now a Facebook exclusive show. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. And then there's a new episode of, of Up at Noon where we talked about Metal Gear and uh, some of the funniest things that happened to us in Far Cry. So go check that out. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Zach? I haven't been working on anything fun. I've just been doing the logistics stuff. Doing the logistics? Yeah. Any good numbers you can share with the audience? <laughs> Seven. That's a great number. That is Thank an you. awesome number. number of continents. If you want to follow me, uh, I my Twitter handle is at uh, ZacharySD, mm -hmm. yeah. where I tweet about all sorts of games. And uh, next week, I'm back in the core content pool, so I'll be back to making stuff. Nice. Yay. Glad to have you back there. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next week. Take care.